good morning, Kavanaugh. We're so thankful that everybody came out to join us today. I've asked for you to stand and begin to worship with us. Blessed be your name.
Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Blessed be the name above all names. Blessed be the one who loved us, who saved us, and who has redeemed us. Blessed be the one who's conquered the grave, and today we have victory, and that name is Jesus. Amen? That name is Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning, all right? Let's do it. It's good. So excited to see you guys. I don't know about you, but I'm glad you're here. And not only that you are here, but you get to see something really special outside this morning. If you have parked on this side of the building, you would have noticed that we have beams, people. We have beams. All right. I'm so pumped. It was so cool to see all that get set up this week. I mean, Brother Johnny, Jason, our staff, we were just kind of like in awe how fast that got put up. I think it was all done within two days. So it was fantastic. It was absolutely amazing. A lot's going on here at this church. And there's a lot that we're excited for. We've got a building that's being built. But more importantly, we have lives that are being changed. And I'm excited for what God is doing here in this place. It's more than just the building materials that this, that this place is made up. It's more than just the number, the amount of people that we have. It's all about souls being saved and Jesus being king of people's hearts. So that's what we're here to do today is to worship and celebrate for what he has done for us and for what he's going to continue to do. So I'm going to invite you all to stand right now. We're going to pray and ask God's spirit just to move in this place and, and bless our time this morning. Bow with me. Lord, we love you. And again, thank you so much for bringing us all together. I know that you have something very special for, here for us today. And Lord, as Brother Jason brings the message today, prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. I know that you have something for us. You want us to have it. So Lord, as we continue to worship and as we have open ears to listen to what you have to say, we just invite your spirit to move among us today. Change our lives. Make us better. Make us into the people that you want us to be. We love you and we're so thankful that we're here together this morning. In your name, amen. Let's continue to worship.
thankful that I can stand before you this morning and say that I belong to God. And because I belong to God, I'm not defined by my ability to stand up here on my own two feet. Um, I'm defined by God's heart for me, just like that song said. And I'm defined by the power of his cross. Uh, because I know I fall down daily, y'all. Every one of us does. Um, and I wish I could just point people to a promise in the Bible that says, give your life to Jesus and everything will be easy. That um, You won't have to worry about difficulties or hardships or persecution um, or making mistakes. Uh, but we know that's not the case. We know there are Millions of people walking around in this world, Christian people who love the Lord dearly, who are dealing with circumstances that they can't handle. Um, but we also know that there are so many promises in the Bible that we can point to when that happens. Um, and my favorite one to claim is that when I walk through deep water, I'm not alone. None of us are, and we can claim that promise this morning that, that God will never leave us or forsake us um, because he is not a savior who just saves us in the moment the first time we ask, but he saves us daily every time we ask. What a savior.
Jesus, we thank you. There's not any word that I can say that would be expressive enough to say that we come before you with all of our thanksgiving and all of our praise. Our sole purpose for being here this morning is to worship you. And Lord, we want to lift you up above all others. And Lord, there's all sorts of needs here this morning. And we know that you are the master of all doctors. You're the healer of all diseases. Lord, we praise you for what you are. We praise you for what you can do. We praise you for the coming of the Lord. That, Lord, that your time will come when you will rapture us, Lord, and we will see you as one. Lord, but until then, let us shine our lights that others may see you. Lord, I want to be a witness for you. I just want to let my little bit of light shine for others. That I'm not fake. I'm real. I'm a Christian. I love you. I want to be more like you every day. And help us all to just know that you are on our side every single day, as Carla said. And we love you. In Jesus' name we ask thee. Amen. these guys awesome? Give them a big hand. Man, great job. Thank you guys. That acoustic set was phenomenal. Man, I wish I could play a guitar like that. It's not going to happen. How we doing? Welcome everybody. So glad you're here. Thanks for being here live and for tuning in uh, via Facebook Live. I'm so excited to preach to like live bodies, okay? No offense to the staff, but when we film our Wednesday night service, I mean, it's the staff, so, and I can't even look at y'all when I'm preaching because I feel like I look at the camera, you know, I'm zoomed in to, you know, to the camera. It makes me nervous. Why, Brent, why is that? Why does a camera make you nervous? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make you nervous, but it, it makes me nervous, so thank you for being here, all right? <laughs> Man, it's, it's good to worship together with you. We're going to be talking about worshiping together in God's house. Uh, it's an amazing thing. It's awesome. Uh, but before we get into the sermon, in honor of school starting back, how many students are going back to school tomorrow? All right. Yes, I see the, I see the smiles. So happy. Yes. How many students have started back already? College and, you know, elementary through high school. How many of y'all are about to start back? Maybe you haven't, maybe not tomorrow, but... Hannah, someday, yes, it's going to happen, yes. So, in honor of school starting, I thought we'd do just like a little pop quiz, okay? You're, all right, and it's really not going to be too hard, I promise. So don't bolt on me, don't, don't run with this. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to jump in to this pop quiz. Are you ready for it? Yes. Are you excited? Yes. No, you're not. I know you're not. You're like, no, okay. All right, I just want you to see if you can identify this shape on the screen, okay? You ready? All right, Sister Sherry, roll it. Yes, brilliant. Brother Johnny, did you bring your candy? Okay, for, for all of you who answer correctly, see Brother Johnny after church, he'll hook you up, okay? All right, Brother Johnny's like, thanks a lot. 
you probably got some stockpiled now, though. I mean, yeah, man, we got it. Let me tell you, you're, you're ready to give it out, though, aren't you? Woo, he's ready to give out the word to those kids. Uh, tonight, you'll see that with little Billy and brother Johnny at 6 p.m. So, okay, so this, this is a triangle. I love the triangle. You're like, man, you're weird. I love the, I love the shape of the triangle, okay? So equilateral triangle, all three sides are the same. I don't know if that one really is, but it, we'll pretend it's an equilateral. That's actually, okay, that's a Greek letter. That's a letter from the Greek alphabet. It's the capital delta, all right? So the reason I love this letter so much, or this symbol, now this shape, is because when I was growing up, I took a lot of math and science in school, okay? Sorry, I was a little bit of a nerd, but I didn't like writing that much, okay? I like math and science because you got to use formulas, and so it cut out a lot of writing. And what was particularly exciting, if you could use the triangle, it's a symbol, okay? Instead of having to write out the word, you could just use the triangle, and in, in the math and science world, that symbolizes change, okay? Some of y'all knew that, right? The triangle means change. So when Brother Will's preaching, I'm taking sermon notes. I, if he ever uses the word change, guess what I put on, the, on my notes? It makes me so happy, you know? Because I, ha- I didn't have to write as much, and boom, it's like, yes, the triangle. I love it. Okay, y'all know, now y'all thinking you're weird, okay? But you know what, when I see the triangle, also, you know what I think about? The Trinity. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And did you know, on your Bible, if we can show this next picture, Sherry, I didn't show this the first service. Have you all ever seen that on the Bible? Okay, maybe, maybe you have it on your Bible. A lot of Bibles have that. In early Christianity, they used this symbol. It was, comes from the equilateral triangle. Can you kind of see a triangle there? And it represents the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So you might see that on some of your Bibles. So I thought that was pretty cool. So now you see why I like the triangle so much. Okay? So today we're going to be talking about not triangles, but change. Okay? Change. God brings change. And God can bring the change that we need. Hey, who knows that life's about change? (laughs) Yes, always. And do we like change? Do we embrace change? Usually not. Usually we're resisting it, right? We're hanging on to the old. We're, we're pushing the new back. Hey, change is going to happen. So last week, Brother Stacy, big change happened at the Nichols house. Last Saturday, we took our oldest to college, right here. Eli Nichols, we, we shipped him off, okay? But as you can see, he's back. <laughs> hey, he knows. He knows mama cooks the home-cooked meals, and she can do the laundry, all right? You're smart, Eli. Just keep coming back. We'll feed you. You just keep coming back. So last Saturday, we're taking Eli and his buddy Caleb Shelley. They're going off to college. They're, gonna, they're roommates, okay? What could possibly go wrong with Eli and Caleb roommates? Um, super proud of these guys. Proud of all of our graduates. I know some of you in this room, you also sent yours off last week. That's a tough day. All right. <laughs> now, how many of y'all have already had, like, at least some or all of your kids have grown up, flown the nest, all right, grandkids, maybe, yeah. So, y'all didn't tell me. You didn't prepare me for this. How come? Okay. Well, you really can't prepare for it. So, here we are, Joy and I, we loaded the truck, we go over the, to the Shelley's house, we're about to head out, get, Dave, uh, get Caleb Shelley, we're about to head out, and he's going to follow us in his car, Eli's following us in his car. 
And here comes Eli playing this sad song. Okay, this sad song. And he's singing sad songs. Isaac's singing sad songs. And they're just, they're just trying to, they're trying to make, they're, that's savage. Right? <laughs> savage. So, you know, we're trying to stay composed. And, and, you know, we get him off to school. And we survived it, didn't we? We survived it, hon. With no really major, no major meltdowns. We did pretty good. We're excited for him. Listen. Uh, God, he has a plan for each of our lives. And our kids really aren't our kids. They're God's kids. We get to raise them. We get to shape them. But then we send them out as arrows. Okay? They're, they're, we send them out for the Lord to live out their purpose. So that's exciting. And we got to embrace that excitement and that change. Now, things have definitely changed around the Nichols house. Because Eli, when he's home, he's the entertainment factor. Okay? Maybe you've seen him on his YouTube channel, Eli Tunes. You can check that out. He's got a lot of entertainment on there. So Eli, he might be at the kitchen table, you know, playing Elvis music and doing his homework. Or maybe he's out in the front yard in a mullet wig and jeans with holes in him and a cutoff shirt and a chainsaw running. Uh, yes, running chainsaw. Well, he's running, carrying the chainsaw. We didn't know about that until we saw the video, but he's actually carrying a chainsaw running through the yard. He might dive in the pond. You never know what's going to happen when Eli's making his videos. So that's entertainment. That's fun. Uh, when he's not here, I'm guessing the brothers, y'all are going to carry on the torch. Jude, you're going to carry that on and make the crazy videos, right? But listen, change is a part of life, and we got to embrace it, okay? Y'all, loosen up, people. I'm just trying to be funny a little bit, okay? Did I scare you with the chainsaw story? It's true, isn't it, Eli? He did, yeah. Mm. Don't tell your granddad about that. He would, he would not be happy about that. So, listen, when, when our kids grow up, we just have to say they're God's, and God's got a plan. But you know what? As long as we're following the Lord, as long as we're seeking Him and trusting Him, uh, God's got it, man. He's, he's, he's in control. And sometimes the world feels out of control, uh, like right now. Maybe it feels a little crazy, and what's going to happen? Is school going to go for a while and shut back down? We don't know, but... Hey, don't worry about it because we can't, we can't control it anyway. So, hey, let's just trust the Lord and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fret. We can just seek Him and let Him guide us. And so today we're going to talk about change. And we're going to look at how God brought an amazing change into His kingdom, into His people at a time that they desperately needed it. Okay, so we're going to be in 2 Chronicles 33. If you want to turn there or it's going to be on the screen I'm about to read some scripture. I uh, want to give a shout out to Brother Will, Miss Angie. Uh, we love you guys. We miss you. Uh, they got a, a little getaway to do some work and planning and visioneering for the future of Kavanaugh and what's next. And I'm so thankful for our pastor, Brother Will, for his leadership, uh, for Sister Angie and what she does at the church and leading our praise teams. So thankful for them. So hope you guys get a little rest in there too and not all work. But we, have, uh, we are excited to be here today. And I'm excited to be able to bring God's word to you. So with all of that, let's dive in. Are you ready? Okay, good. Second Chronicles 33 verses 21 through 34. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon worshipped and offered sacrifices to all the idols Manasseh had made. But unlike his father Manasseh, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Ammon increased his guilt 
Ammon's officials conspired against him and assassinated him in the palace. Then the people of the land killed all who had plotted against King Ammon, and they made Josiah his son king in his place. Now, listen to this part. Josiah was how old when he became king? Eight years old. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus, for the gift of salvation. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides and directs us. And right now, we ask that you speak into our hearts. And Lord, through the power of your word, would you just work in our lives and bring the changes that are needed in each of our lives, Lord. And if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that you will speak into their heart and they will know that, that you're the source of eternal life and they can trust you as Lord. We love you, God, and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so I want to just point out a few things about Josiah's kingdom. And the first thing I want to talk to you about today is the product of sin and really what happens when we do things our own way. Okay? So I'm going to have another little trivia for you. Do we have any sports fans in the house? Okay? Well, two of you, really. I'm surprised by that. Well, it's been so long since you've watched sports or you've forgotten about it. That's what's wrong. All right? So maybe some of that's coming back a little bit. But I'm going to, I'm going to have... Sister Sherry, everybody give Sherry a big hand up there running the computer. I'm all over the place when I preach, so she has her work cut out for her to stay up with me. All right, but she's going to show a picture. There it is. Who knows who that is? Roger the Dodger, right? Right there. Brother Harmon gets a prize. Brother Johnny, make sure he gets a good one, okay? America's team, right? Let me hear it. Woo! How many Cowboys fans in the house? Two of you? Three. Okay, I see the hand. Okay, four, four Cowboys fans in the house. Man, I am feeling lonely right now. Hey, you four, come on down here with me on the stage so we'll get through this. Uh, man, what can you say about Roger Straubach? Now, uh, when I was growing up, my dad, he was always chilled. You know, Dave, he was just pretty calm. You didn't get real excited about a lot. But when we would be watching the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon... I mean, when Roger was making one of his great comebacks, as he often did, I mean, my dad would be jumping up and down, yelling, Woo, go Roger, go Cowboys. I mean, he was excited. So I grew up loving the Dallas Cowboys. So y'all don't hate on me too much, okay? That's just the way I was brought up. But Roger Staubach, he was a stud, man. I think he played for the Navy. He, was, he, was, he won the Heisman. And when he got drafted by the Cowboys, he kind of thought, I got this, you know? So he didn't want to follow Landry's plays. Landry would call a play. Well, Roger, he'd call his own play in the huddle, all right? So that led to some problems, as you can imagine. And he said it kind of it, it caused him to, number one, feel frustrated. It caused him to get in a lot of trouble. And ultimately, they were losing games. So finally, he submitted himself to the coach's plays. He humbled himself. And you know what? When he got in harmony with the coach, guess what happened? He found fulfillment and ultimately victory. And he led the Cowboys to two Super Bowl championships. Okay, he was in five. We won't talk about the other three. But he won two of those. And he was MVP in Super Bowl six, I believe. Guess what? There's only been four, four football players ever to win the Heisman and Super Bowl MVP. Did y'all know that? I didn't know that until I started researching Roger. But 
I thought that was pretty cool. Y'all are just hating on Roger right now because he played for the Cowboys, but I thought that was pretty cool, all right? But isn't that a great illustration, though, that when he submitted to the coach, man, things fell into place. Guys, we can live life our own way, and when we do, rest assured, some messes will follow. There's going to be some frustration. There's going to be some defeats. There's going to be some trouble. Israel found themselves in that very situation. So I'm going to give you a little backstory leading up to Josiah. You know these things, but King David, man, we love King David, love to read about his life. And through his rule, he united the kingdoms of Judah and Israel. The, the God's people had split. They had, there, was, there was revolt. And so he healed the wound. He united God's people back together under one nation. Pretty awesome. Solomon, David's son, he continued this. And so is, uh, the nation of Israel enjoyed the greatest time of prosperity and peace that they ever would under King Solomon. Wisest man to live. Unfortunately, Solomon, in the later years of his life, his heart was turned from God because he married foreign women who did not worship the Lord. They worshiped false gods, and he instituted worship of these false gods into God's kingdom. Tragic. Tragic. So from there, things really get in a mess. So his son Rehoboam becomes king, and Rehoboam uh, he doesn't do well, and immediately there is a civil war in the kingdom, and now Judah and Israel have split once again. And at, at that point, they were in a mess. And so there were many wicked kings, and there would be a few good kings, and there would be some wicked kings, and it was just it was kind of a disaster. So Hezekiah, he was a king who sought the Lord. You remember Hezekiah, he actually got some years extended to his life. He was going to die. He prayed to the Lord, and God granted him extra years, 15 extra years to live. Well, his son Manasseh, he didn't follow the ways of his father Hezekiah, and he set up idols in the kingdom again, okay? Then his son Ammon was even worse, and Ammon was so bad that finally somebody assassinated him. So now Ammon's son, Josiah, becomes king, and how old is he? Eight. I shared this in a welcome a few weeks ago, and it just kind of blew my mind that to think about an eight-year-old ruling the kingdom. And I thought, what if we had an eight-year-old for a president? At first I thought, disaster. Then I thought, maybe not so bad. I don't know, <laughs> you know. Maybe not. We won't get too political, but you, you never know. So, so here's this young boy, and he's going to rule a kingdom. How can this be? How can he do this? Well, there's some good people that are going to come alongside him, some godly men, some priests who are going to lead him to the Lord, uh, to, to point him to the Lord. And the Scripture says that... Uh, he was, he was eight years old when he became king, and then when he was 16 years old, he began to seek the Lord. We'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute. But right now, I want you to look at something about God's kingdom. Here's this boy. He's now the king, and the nation of Judah, where he's ruling, is in a mess. God's temple, God's house, has been corrupted. There are literally male and female prostitutes living in the temple of God. There are idols in the temple of God. People are sacrificing their own children to these false gods. Complete destruction. There, there's, there's no judgment here. The nation is in a mess because they, they turned from God and they did their own thing. Guys, listen to me. Application for us. It is dangerous when we allow sin into our lives. Make no mistake about it. When, when we let sin in and temptation comes knocking, 
if we don't let the Holy Spirit deal with it, and, we don't, and if we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some trouble, okay? So when we trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit fills us up, we're still going to be tempted. That doesn't, just because we become a Christian doesn't mean we're not going to be tempted, but it also doesn't mean we're powerless to resist the temptation, because now we have the power of God inside of us. But too many times, temptation comes, something that we know we should probably stay away from, but we're curious, we're drawn into it, right? It, it looks enticing, and we get too comfortable with sin. Well, that's what happened with this nation, and they were in a mess. So lesson for us, takeaway for us is, guys, when you're being tempted and you know God's dealing with you, hey, listen to the Lord, okay? <laughs> the sin is not worth it, okay? And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. None of us are. But man, we ought to be striving. Our, our, our lifestyle ought to be such that we're striving to live for Jesus. That's who we're, we're living for. And we're going to be in battle every day and we're going to fall down sometimes. But hey, get up. Get up and keep your eyes on Jesus and keep, keep going towards him. Okay, but right now, don't answer this out loud, but I, just take a moment. Let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart. Is there anything in your life right now, anything that doesn't need to be there? Is God dealing with you about something? You know what it is, and so does God. So just give that to him. Say, Lord, you know what? I don't need that in my life. I need you. So... Man, sin causes problems, right? But now we're going to look at the good news. This is the good news of the story. It's getting better. The power of the Word. The power of God's Word. Nathan, I love God's Word because it's powerful. It is powerful. It's God's written Word to us. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 34, verses 14 through 19. Okay, I'm going to read these verses, and I'll explain a little bit what it means. While they were bringing the money out of the... Or while they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah the high priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan took the book to the king and reported to him, Your officials are doing everything that's been committed to them. They paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and entrusted it to the supervisors and workers. Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. So Josiah and the nation of Judah had lost God's word. Remember I told you they were in a bad shape. But when he heard God's word, he tore his robes. And then he did more than that. You know what he did? He went, and this is a word I love to use, rage monster. How many of you have ever used the word rage monster? How many of y'all have ever went rage monster? Jude, I've seen you go rage monster. Any dude perfect, any dude perfect fans in the house? Dude perfect. Who, yeah, Braxton, you got to represent. Who, who knows? Who's familiar with dude perfect? Yes, Many more. Thank you. I'm feeling love. Last service, it was lonely. Nathan, I don't know where you were sitting, bro, but it was lonely. I, I saw one little hand go up. Dude, dude, perfect. Nobody knew who dude perfect was. Okay? So a few more of y'all in here know who they are. You've heard of them. Well, if you haven't checked them out after this service, you're going to go, you're going to want to go and check them out. 
Okay, so just, just real quick, basically it's a bunch of guys that met in college and they never grew up. They just, they just stayed kids. And so you know how they make a living? They make a living doing trick shots. They do amazing you know, trick shots. Like I'm talking shooting a basketball out of a helicopter and, and making it. You know, uh, just crazy stuff. They're always doing these, these cool things. And I'm sure they get it on the first take. I'm sure there's no editing or redos. You know, and, the, and then they, they do some funny little skits. And from what I can tell... They're Christians. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know for sure. I've not heard their testimony. But they're always playing Christian music in their videos. Never seen anything negative. Never a bad word. And, and in this one particular video, I think we got a picture of it here. There it is. Okay. Does he look angry? Have y'all ever looked like that? No, don't, don't answer. So this is Ty. He's kind of the head guy. That's his name, isn't it? Jude. Yeah. Jude loves these guys. I mean, they're like our brothers because he plays them over and over and over in our house so much we hear them all the time. So this particular video, uh, Ty's going rage monster, and he, and he does these little spoofs when something doesn't go his way, and he just, man, he falls apart. He, blow, he loses it. Any of y'all ever done that? Okay? He loses it. So in this video, it's Christmas. They're in the living room. They're opening presents, and man, something goes wrong. I don't know if he didn't like his gift, but he goes rage monster. Okay? Now, this isn't real, guys. This is just goofing around, okay? He goes rage monster. He starts destroying everything in the living room. I mean, he's ripping presents and knocking the tree over, crushing everything. And all of a sudden, he comes to the nativity scene. The nativity scene. And you see him, and he comes up, and he's just like, ah! And then he just stops. I'm thinking, dude, don't do it. Don't do it. And then he just freezes. And in a moment of rage, he goes, oh, wait. This is, this is baby Jesus. We can't destroy baby Jesus. You know, he, he's our Savior. And then... So he has this moment with the nativity scene. He's just taking it all in and reflecting the meaning of the Christmas story, sharing that with you. Then he goes back to Rage Monster and finishes breaking everything else in the house. Okay, awesome. So you'll want to go watch the video, I'm sure. As soon as my sermon's over, you'll run home to do that, won't you? Yeah. The first service, they weren't impressed either. So I guess I should have just taken that one out. But listen, things were out of control in the kingdom of God, and Josiah had enough and he went rage monster against idolatry. Now, you know, you think, well, that's horrible. Well, no, there is righteous anger. There's bad anger that we're to avoid, but Jesus demonstrated some righteous anger, did he not, in the temple when he drove out the money changers and the corruption in God's house? Well, guess what? There was corruption in God's house. Josiah went rage against it. He's like, I'm done with this enough. We're going to get things back in order. So I'm going to share with you just a few things that he did. And you, you can read the full list in... 2 Chronicles uh, 33 and 34, but listen, it was crazy. I mean, when he, when he set out to restore worship and, and get things right in God's house, he didn't do it halfway. He was all in. Whatever Josiah did, he did it with all of his might. So the first thing he did, he told the priests and the, the temple workers, he said, first thing you're going to do, boys, is get in that temple and you get it cleaned up. Get rid of all the idols that are in, that are in there. You know what they did with the idols that were in the temple? They took them out there in front of all the people. They burned them. They ground the ashes to dust, and they took it to, this, to Bethel, and they, they scattered this dust over all these bones that were in Bethel. And he was showing, we are not going to allow filth into God's house. And while they were at Bethel, he noticed these tombs on the side of the hill. They were the tombs of false prophets. So you know what he did? This is a fulfillment to prophecy, to Scripture. He said, bring the bones out. 
They took those bones of the false prophets, they burned them up, they ground them to dust and spread them out in the valley of Bethel. He was making a visual illustration. We're not going to put up with this anymore. He removed the false prophets from the temple and he said, you'll never serve in this temple again. He got rid of the shrine, the prostitutes that were actually living in the temple. He got rid of them. He got them out of there. They cleaned house. Remember Solomon, when I referenced that he let idolatry into the land? Well, he went to the idols that Solomon set up. He tore them down. He didn't care that King Solomon put them up. I mean, he could have said, well, he was King Solomon. It's okay. No. He said, this is trash. And they burned it up and they scattered the ashes everywhere. He was not messing around when it came to cleaning up his land and his people. So then, this happened when he was 20 years old. Well, then when he was 26 years old, he had, he had been on a mission to restore the temple. So all the people had been bringing in money. They'd been collecting money to fix the temple of God up, to fix the house of God up. And finally, he told his secretary, he said, all right, go to the high priest, get the money, give it to the builders, tell them to get started. We're breaking ground, all right? So I was like, that's awesome. We can relate to that, you know? Yeah, so, so guess what? When his secretary got there, the, the high priest, Hilkiah, he said, hey, man, here's your money. Here it is. It's all here, but I got something else for you. We found something. When we were cleaning up God's house, guess what we found? We found the law. We found God's word. So he read it to the secretary. The secretary takes the word to Josiah. He reads the word to Josiah. And when Josiah heard the word of God, it broke his heart. He was destroyed because he realized that they had been disobeying God. God's word brought to realization the full extent of their idolatry and their rebellion. And the scary part, that God's anger was going to burn against them. And he was broken. And he said, listen, you go seek the Lord and, and tell us what the Lord has to say. So they found a prophetess and they went to her and she got a word from the Lord. And God said this, I am going to destroy Judah. My anger is going to burn against him. But because you heard the word, because you repented, I will not destroy Judah in your lifetime. You will have peace. Wow. Talk about saved by the bell. <laughs> that was just in the nick of time. God's anger was about to rain down in this nation. He repented, and it changed everything. Josiah didn't make the change, but the Bible says he began to seek the Lord. And when he sought the Lord at 16, that set off a chain reaction that 10 years later spared this nation. So guys, don't underestimate what God can do in your life when you seek the Lord. Don't underestimate the power of God's word. When we get God's word in our life, it changes everything. You know, reading your Bible, it's not a chore. It's not a checklist. It's God's living word speaking into us, allowing us to literally hear from the Lord. So here's the deal, guys. If there's things in our life that shouldn't be there, we need to go rage monster. I mean, like, get it out. Get, get the trash out and then fill it back up with God's word. Fill it back up with good things. And God's word changes lives. So what are you filling your heart up with? What are you filling your mind up with? Is it constant entertainment? Because we can get all that we want to find, right? At the touch of a button. Put God's Word in your life. Make time for it every day. Because God's Word has the power to change lives. The last thing I want to point out to you this morning is the practice of worship. 
All right, so we talked about what sin does, the product of sin. We talked about uh, the word, the power of that. But now we're going to talk about the practice of worship. Let's finish up last scripture for the day. Two verses, 2 Chronicles 35, 1 through 2. Are you guys good? You hanging in with me? Okay, I story to you. There's actually three verses here. I'm going to read verse 18 as well. Josiah celebrated the Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem. And the Passover lamb was slaughtered on the 14th day of the first month. He appointed the priests to their duties and encouraged them in the service of the Lord's temple. Listen to this. The Passover had not been observed like this in Israel since the days of the prophet Samuel. And none of the kings of Israel had ever celebrated such a Passover as did Josiah with the priests, the Levites, and all Judah and Israel who were there with the people of Jerusalem. So now they're going to worship the Lord. They've, they've heard the truth. They've heard the word. But they didn't stop there. They're like, we're going to put things into action now. We're going to actually worship the Lord. You know, when we come to God's house to worship, this is active. We are actively pursuing God. We're actively interacting with the Holy Spirit, and, and we, are, we are worshiping God. It's an act. It's, it's a time of praise and thanksgiving. So uh, maybe you follow Joy on social media, but she posted something really cool this last week that the Lord had impressed upon her heart was just a call to prayer for our students as they start back to school. So she encouraged everyone, if they can, go to your kid or grandkids' campus, pray there, take a picture of yourself there, uh, and, and then just pass that message on. So tonight at 8 o'clock, uh, we're just going to invite anybody that wants to pray. Dora, just pray. 8 o'clock, pray for our kids as they start back to school. I think that's a cool thing, don't you? Awesome. So, Joy, I'm glad the Lord shared that with you. Man, so cool. I've got an awesome wife. I'm blessed. And so we just encourage you guys tonight, 8 o'clock, join us because we're going to be praying. And let's pray for our students as they go back and as they go out because they can make a huge impact. Josiah made an impact at 8 years of age. That's crazy, right, to think about. But that's the power of God. God, God defies, you know, human reasoning, right? Amazing. So, so here's Josiah. Man, he doesn't drag his feet. Now he's got the word. He's like, okay, let's get started. So he said, we are gonna, we're going to get all the priests back. So he got everybody back in their spot. Now get ready. We're going to celebrate a Passover like you've never seen. And you know what the Passover uh, represents? Remember, he, he read the law, and he read about when, when God's people were in bondage to the Egyptians. He read about when God called Moses to lead them out of bondage, and he read about that Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he wouldn't let the Israelites go. So then God said, I'm going to send these plagues, and finally he, he had to get drastic, and he said, we're going to have the last plague. That's where the firstborn is going to die, unless your doorpost is covered by the blood of the lamb. So they slaughtered a lamb. They spread the blood over the doorposts of their home, and the angel of death passed over the land of Egypt. And all the Israelite houses, they had the blood over their door, and they were spared. But the Egyptians didn't. Their hearts were hardened, and the firstborn of every household died. That's tragic. God's people were delivered. And so now Josiah gets this. He's like, oh my goodness, we've not been observing the Passover. We're not covered by the blood of the Lamb. So guess what they did? They had a Passover like never before. He gave 30,000 of his own little lambs to be used as a sacrifice for the people. And the leaders also did the same. And so they had a worship service like you wouldn't believe. And he prepared all the people, and they came, and the priests, and they, they read the word. They dedicated themselves to the law. And he even made it. He, he's king, so he can do this. He made it a rule. You're going to serve the Lord. 
It's not an option. We're going to serve the Lord. Now, we can't do that, okay? But guess what? The nation of Israel enjoyed revival. Instead of destruction, instead of God's wrath burning against them, they had peace and they had revival and renewal. Now, which, which are you going to pick? I know what I want to pick. I want to pick the, reni- the revival, right? The renewal. So listen, guys, we can celebrate our freedom in Jesus. We need to be excited about salvation, about what God has done for us. So when we come together to worship here in God's house, guys, it means something. This means something to God, and, and it means something to us. Because it keeps us on task. It keeps us focused on our Savior. So we never want to lose this, right? We don't want to stop worshiping our Lord. And whether it's right here today in His house, some of you couldn't be here today, you're online, but we are worshiping together. Don't underestimate the power of worship because it changes lives. And it changes communities. Because God's making the change. It's not us. But when we seek the Lord with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength, you better believe He can bring about some change. So today, I want to I encourage all of you guys. Let's pray for our students as they're going back to school. We are living in a time of change. But you know what? We don't, we don't have to live in fear. We don't know what the future is going to look like, but we know one thing. God's on the throne. And as long as we're serving Him, and as long as we're seeking Him, He can still change lives. He brings changes in our lives, and He can can change other people's lives using you as a vessel for Him. So I don't know about you guys, but I I want God to use me. How about you? I want God to use me to bring some much-needed change into our world. Let's give some hope to others. Can we do that? There's, There's a lot of fear out there right now. But you know what? God could change that. So let's, let's say, Lord, just use me. Let me, through you, Lord, bring some change into this world, the world that needs it. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that changes lives. Lord, you, you make the change, not us. All we have to do is get people to you. So like Josiah, Lord, may we, may we seek you with all of our hearts. Use us, Lord, to be a light in this community. Bless our students as they go back to school. Some have already started. Some are about to. Lord, help them to be bold on their, on their campus for you. Help them to make good choices. And to remember, Lord, that, that you're the one that brings about change. And God, that goes for all of us. So may we all just say, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to make a change in this world. Just use me to be a light for you. We love you. We praise you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, thank you all for being here, man. It's so good to see you. It really is. It's so good to, to be up here and, uh, and just worship with you together. So speaking of change, though, we still got, we got some cool changes happening. So I don't know if we can use the, the word, but we're, we're, we're kind of getting back to normal, Brother Johnny. Kind, right? Yeah, kind of. Uh, so guess what? What's happening August 30th? This last quiz. I don't know why I'm giving so many quizzes today. I wasn't planning on this, but... What's happening August 30th around here? Children's Woo! Kids' territory is opening back up at 9 and 10.30. It's going to be amazing, Brother Johnny. It's going to be live, wild, exciting, and just an awesome place for our kids to be to worship the Lord. So we're fired up about that. Then on September 13th, for the 10.30 service only, 
We're going to open up our We Worship classes for uh, infant through three-year-olds, okay? So we're going to ease back into that. On Wednesday night, September 16th, we will resume all services, okay? Back to normal, okay? Back to like we were. Uh, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand for that. We're excited about that. So we'll have We Worship classes, okay? We'll have, the, then Brother Johnny will have the four years old up through sixth grade, or fifth grade, I'm sorry, in kids' territory. Then Brother Nathan with Blaze, there you are, you moved on me. Uh, you're going to be having the sixth graders through the twelfth graders in the gym, right? Kind of spread out, but everybody there together on Wednesday nights for a while. Okay, so that's exciting. All that's happening September 16th. Are y'all fired up about that? Okay, so Kids Check, we're still using Kids Check. Uh, it's changed a little bit, so we've got a video right here that kind of explains that. Child safety is a top priority for everyone, and so is fast, easy, and secure children's check-in. Introducing Express Check-In from KidCheck. No more waiting in line to check in. Instead, you can check your children in right from your smartphone. It's simple. Download the free KidCheck app on your Apple or Android mobile device. Then start check-in where it's convenient for you. From home, in the car, or from the parking lot, wherever there's an internet or cellular data connection. And then when you arrive, your phone will prompt you to complete check-in. Simply tap Submit and pick up your child and guardian labels. It's that easy. Express check-in is simple, fast, convenient, and secure. Download the KidCheck app and get started with Express. You're going to love it. Express, you're going to love it. All right, super cool. So now with a touch of a button from your phone, you can print off your label. I already downloaded the app. It, it works. And if I can do it, anybody can. I promise you that, okay? Uh, hey, tune in tonight. We're going to have Brother Johnny and Little Billy on Facebook Live at 6 p.m. Also, Brother Nathan on Instagram Live at 6 p.m. Then we'll have a Bible study by Rick Yates on Facebook Live at 6.30. So tune in for that. Then Wednesday night, we'll have Facebook Live adult service at 7 and Blaze service at 7 on Instagram Live. Y'all got all that? You know that, don't you? Yeah, so remember, tune in. Uh, man, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. And if you would, uh, if you can uh, drop off your tithe and offering, we're still doing that in the, uh, we have the container set up at the exit of the door. We appreciate your faithfulness to give and support the ministries of the church. And don't forget, we have our, our uh, world mission offering will be coming up uh, also. So be, be prepared for, preparing for that. And uh, we'll give you more details about that to come. Have a great day, guys. I love you. You are dismissed.